Hello, welcome back to the Down to the Wire podcast. We are back here again, ready to review what was, I think, a fantastic race, 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 uh, race in the uh, Formula One season, carrying on from uh, the good work in Bahrain. Uh, Jack, how are you doing? I'm, I'm really good. It's a great week for sport. Well, maybe not a great week for sport, but it's a dramatic week for sport. Yes. With what's happening in the football. Um but I don't think that has 100% overshadowed uh, what that race was all about because that, that the quality of that race was night and day from the Imola of last season. So It was, yeah. I mean, I was, before, I we, excited. Be- before we go right into the Formula 1 stuff, it's worth saying we're going to be doing another episode this week talking purely about the, um, the Super League carnage. If you're mm. a football fan... May, why not come back and listen? Because uh, we'll be uh, having a chat about that. Um, but yeah, sticking with the Formula One for this episode. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic race. Um, we had a bit of rain, bit 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 of the bit of the wet stuff made it a bit more interesting at the start. And to be um, fair, that is bang on. If somebody said picture perfect uh, conditions to start a race, not picture perfect, but fans' perspective, entertainment. Yeah, yeah, you want. Just a little dabble of rain where nobody knows what to do, 100%. And mm. there's the risk of more rain, which means it could be worth taking a gamble. And also the risk mm. that there's no rain and it's going to dry up and you could mm. really, really choose the wrong option. I, I think we saw a lot of some good, some bad strategies this weekend. Um, yeah, well... Good, I mean, good conditions for a good race. You know, we'll, we'll come on to it later. But some, like you said, because of the, the, the rain, there, there was threat of more rain. Um, there was also the fact that, like, at the start of the race, they were like, oh, well, this part of the circuit is really wet, but this mm. part is fine. So, you know, like, do you go on the wet tyre and be quicker in the wet sections and then, you know, just suffer in the faster sections? Whereas dry... That is something which is often unspoken about in Formula 1, is the genuine size of these circuits. I mean, especially yeah. when you consider a place, say, like Monza, where mm-hmm. the circuit is probably... Well, it's mostly straight lines pretty much all the way around but if you're going to make a straight line speed circuit interesting it's long yeah it's got to be really long so yeah you know you could be covering two three kilometers between one end of the track and the other and mm-hmm. the conditions weather wise could be completely different in one place to the other i know uh often in hockenheim they always had that issue where yeah um well, and uh in the eiffel grand prix if they were ever using more of the new uh nürburgring uh, when they mm. were doing that circuit, but you know, there's quite a lot of calendars, uh, not calendars, uh, circuits where <laughs> you can really find interesting conditions from one side to the other. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, as a result, then you also add because of the threat of more rain, you add some people going, Oh, do we go on the inters and then see how it goes? You had some people gambling going onto the wets, and so yeah, well, for the, the rain just has that little bit of unpredictability, I think. Um, but I think, like you said, it was in terms of entertainment, it was just enough to make it interesting without hindering. Because sometimes when it tips it down, you're like, "Oh, this is just going to be rubbish." They're like, because they're having to crawl around. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, well, from the very start, to be honest, it was. Uh, it was amazing. It was I mean, a cracking yeah. race. You consider turn two. Just straight away action. <laughs> it was like we. It was, you obviously you're going to get overtakes at the start of a Grand Prix, mm-hmm. but. Just from turn two instantly, you're seeing cars fly off the track, and you're like, yes, 
yes <laughs> already in for a good race um well yeah, that, yeah like should we should we we'll start at the start then i guess um yeah. so as you said it was uh fairly wet um yeah and i guess we'll start with the the, the victor should we um spoilers if you haven't followed if you don't know the result of the grand prix you've had enough time to watch it by now by the time this has been released i guess yeah. Um, yeah, why are you listening to a Grand Prix review if you haven't watched the race? That's, what, yeah, <laughs> that's gosh, the big question. <laughs> gosh, gosh, listener. Perhaps, uh, they just want, perhaps they just want a rundown. Gosh, yeah. listener. Gosh. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, um, Spoiler. Verstappen won, won the Grand Prix. Um, bit of uh, smart thinking by him. He you know, was in Hamilton, was on pole, obviously. Um, and Verstappen managed to ping both Perez and Hamilton off the start. Apparently he started in second gear, which is very very clever, because um, hmm. it means you don't. That. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it gives you less wheel spin on the in the trickier conditions. So, hmm. I mean, there's the potential that you could, you know, like in commentary they often say, "Oh, they've they've bogged down," because oh, okay. um, you've not got quite enough um, power to kind of get away. But because of the, I guess you'll have a, you'd have a. Normally, in normal circumstances, you'd have a bit more of a sluggish start. Mm-hmm. But given the wet conditions, you know, it's a lot more difficult to kind of balance in first gear because you've got so much power. Um, so, yeah, genius by Verstappen, really. Um, and, yeah, they they both got their elbows out, didn't they? Into oh, turn yeah. one, Hamilton and Verstappen. That's exactly what you want to see. Yeah, it yeah. It was like following on from Bahrain where particularly about three laps towards the end when Verstappen actually took the lead and then had to give it back, it was like... You were seeing some good driving, mm. people sort of pushing each other off the track a little bit and all that. And Verstappen, to be fair, it was wet, so you don't know how much control he had of the car. And they did note that um, in the FIA where they were like, you know, if that was dry conditions, you could possibly say Verstappen's not given Hamilton enough space because through that first uh, turn, he's on the inside and then just goes uh, straight to the apex yeah. to the other side. I but mean, because of the rain, I think that completely is understandable because it is, I mean, particularly... For the first lap, you're going to have colder tyres yeah. after the remainder of the race, so yeah, it was I mean, understandable. I'll be honest with you. I think it was. I I didn't have any issue with it, even if it had been no, in the yeah. dry. I, I wouldn't it was have good driving. Yeah, I even good driving. even in the even in the dry, I wouldn't have any had any issue with it. You know, as in I think perhaps part of one point in that corner, Hamilton would have been slightly ahead, ever so slightly. But mm-hmm. there's a part of me that thinks, well, you know, Ham- Verstappen's on the racing line and. I think it was always just a little bit of a punt from Hamilton, to be honest, um, which nearly cost him, you know, because he lost a bit of his front wing. But as in, I think Hamilton just thought, right, if I can hang it on the outside, perhaps Max will give me enough space to kind of stay alongside. But Hamilton, uh, sorry, Verstappen wasn't having any of it. But, you know, it was, it was completely legal. There was nothing, um, nothing and, dirty about it whatsoever. And we saw those big curbs, which we spoke about in the previous yes. show, where instantly, first turn... Hamilton's driving around like he's on a camel or something, and he was going yeah. up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. It was like, oh, you could, you sense there was a could, touch almost, of the old car missing after the, the yeah, excursion. Yeah, you, you, you could, you could feel it, couldn't you, as you were mm. watching it on TV? You're like, oh gosh, that looks violent. Yeah. And that um, there is why you quite like the idea of having these. Well, I well, if you're not going to have strict track limits, where you could arguably say, oh, Hamilton's gone off the track, for instance, mm. to stay ahead, it's like 
put put a couple of curbs like that there. It's like, well, mm. you're not going to gain any advantage. I think we saw it multiple times throughout the race. I think Perez uh, had a duel with uh, Vettel uh, during the midpoint of the race. and Yes, he bumped over, didn't he? He went, I know exactly where Perez is going to end up going if I stick on my line. And he did, mm-hmm. and Perez went over those curbs. And although Perez got ahead, instantly had nothing to go because he couldn't carry any speed after you go over those curbs. No. And Vettel took the position straight back. Well, yeah, and like we we saw some um, pictures from qualifying, didn't we? I think there was one with Leclerc where he's basically airborne. Yeah. Where he's bumped over one of those curbs and all four wheels are off the ground. So, yeah. Um, and going on from that, to be honest, I think the... Um, just briefly, I, we haven't really put it in the notes, but I think the um, track limits thing, I think it clearly worked very well. Um, yeah. I think I mean, you, on occasion, Sonoda, people can say... Yes, yeah, Sonoda. I think he was the only... Sorry, in the race now. So mm-hmm. um, Norris got pinged for it in qualifying. In fact, True. I think a few did in, in qualifying, but I think yeah, I don't yeah. think that was them... But he was the notable um, one because he lost yes, what because was he, the biggest he, he, loss. Yeah, because he, he got up to second, and then because he was deemed to have exceeded track limits, he dropped back down to seventh, which was his uh, initial fastest lap. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were a few... I think Stroll maybe at one point had a time deleted. Um but I, I think in that circumstance, it was because of people just pushing hard. Um, to be fair, if if you're going to have a circuit where you almost want them to be a little bit more lenient on track limits, it probably is similar, purely because of how narrow it is. That is not mm. um, a modern day Formula One circuit in the, in no, the I, usual characteristics where it's wider, it has a little carry more speed. That is That is an old school one where the car's can pretty much turn on a point um, um, at quite high yeah. speeds. I mean, they, they seem to be managing the... I, I, I'm i not even going to try and remember the name of it. The, the only corners I can remember from um, Imola are Tosa and Aqua Minerale. <laughs> but yeah. um, I have no idea cool. where they are because they sound they sound impressive. But um, it's that one that kind of sweeps... It's like a almost like a curved corner. It kind of sweeps down the hill. Um, and it seemed like a, a few cars were kind of running wide. Oh, they yeah, would, yeah. We're, we're Norris that was, that, that, basically. That, um, that downhill, that was two turns before the end. Yes. Um, but th- that was where the DRS zone was, which we spoke about um, mm-hmm. on the preview show, um, which is why you saw quite a few cars, I think, pushing, um, it. pushing it, and then ended up on the sand and mm. really scuppering their chances. And I, to be honest, if you actually look, at the finishing positions of the drivers you did tend to find that the more skilled drivers were at the front because they didn't make any mistakes not no. because they were doing great overtakes and it was it was guys like Gasly and Sonoda mm. um, just to name a few um, that were sort of making the mistakes because they perhaps had less experience than the guys mm. like Carlos Sainz Verstappen I know Hamilton made a mistake and he is probably the third or second most experienced driver in that group um mm. on the grid but uh yeah it definitely was a day for the more experienced drivers i mean we even saw Kimi raikkonen get all the way up to ninth place by the end i mean he, he has since subsequently had a 30 second penalty which has put him down to 11th i think so he's lost his two points okay um but that was because of something under the safety car rather than uh any mm. you know track reasons um so unfortunate for him but definitely yeah. uh, definitely a day for the more experienced um drivers yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, you know there were a lot of goings on in the in the race, which um, I guess we'll kind of cover that as we uh, kind of move further down the grid. I guess. Um, 
do we want to speak about Hamilton next, or do we want to talk about... Because I guess by talking about the next thing we've got on the notes, we're kind of giving away something that we're going to talk about later. Yeah, well, we'll just talk about Hamilton well, and the, in the context of Verstappen, firstly, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I sort of put in the notes, What uh, was the race sort of handed to Verstappen? Because to be fair, by the end of the race, I think he had something like a 20-odd 20, 20 second lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, it was it, it was actually shaping up to be a very interesting race. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just... Well, what happened was everybody had pitted. I think Hamilton and Verstappen were both on a, a set of mediums. Mm-hmm. And they were working their way through the back markers. Verstappen was getting held up a little bit, so his five-second lead went down to about a second and a half. Mm-hmm. Then Hamilton was getting held up a bit, and then it went back up to about three to four seconds. And sort of, I you you got the the vibe that Hamilton was getting a little bit frustrated behind some of those back markers, mm. pushed a little bit too keenly, and especially on a track which wasn't hundred percent dry, as we've been saying, you very easily lose control, and that's what Hamilton did. Goes off the track, goes across the sand, hits the wall. Um, and he was able to continue, but at that stage, I think he was, you know. I'll, no I'll be honest hand. with you. When when that happened, I was like, he's out. There's there's yeah. no way he can recover. I, this. I, I was surprised um, he recovered it because he was pretty much stationary for more than ten, fifteen seconds. Oh, definitely. Just trying to get something going. Um, I mean, it's a tricky one because we're, you know, they they discussed it in commentary. Where Hamilton went off, there isn't really in terms of passing back markers there isn't really a good way of doing it because you know yeah. if, if Russell goes on to the because it, it was Russell who he was trying to overtake um you know if Russell goes on to the wet stuff then he's putting himself at risk yeah so Russell just kind of slowed down kind of n- not like bang on the racing line but kind of stayed fairly on the racing line and just like clearly slowed down as if to say look go past me um which meant that Hamilton kind of had to go on to the wet stuff um yeah. Which is, and that's very rare for Hamilton, as in Hamilton is normally an absolute master when it comes to wet conditions, but, you know, I guess he is human after all. Mm. Um, To be um, honest, what's been interesting is we've spoken pre-season about the fact that Verstappen has a tendency to be rash in some decisions he makes, which mm -hmm. does tend to cause him uh, to crash or spin out, and that can really cost him the race if Mm -hmm. in some situations, but he's pretty much driven flawlessly for the first two rounds and it's mm-hmm. surprisingly Hamilton to make the first mistake of the two this season do you think perhaps that there's uh, an element that Verstappen's calmed down a bit and perhaps Lewis in a sense has always had these sort of tendencies in him but because he um, hasn't had the pressure of Verstappen this close to him before that we're starting to see him perhaps make more mistakes I, I know it's only one but I, I think um We'll start with Verstappen. I think for Verstappen, the main thing is is that he's got a car that can compete. It's as simple as that. So he's not having to and notably, do things. One of the one of the things they were mentioning in Bahrain about his car being able to compete was the fact that he had a lot of control of it. It wasn't yeah. really shaky like it was last year where you'd be coming no. out of a turn and really having to wrestle with it. Whilst Mercedes probably do have a car which... It's a bit, yeah, less un, well, less stable this season. Le- so yeah, it's less predictable than the than the Red Bull at the moment. Mm-hmm. It seems. Um, in terms of Hamilton, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but I don't think, I don't think it was that Hamilton was eager to get past Russell there. I just think it was one of those ones where, you know, 
Russell kind of pulled to the side and Hamilton is kind of like, well, I'll just overtake him then. I think he just misjudged it. I don't think there was any sort of um, desperate need at that point to get past. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also worth considering as well that Hamilton did have minor damage to his front wing anyway. Um, you know, and that's not to say that affected him massively, but I, I guess it is something to kind of bear in mind. Um, I, I mean, I guess what you're seeing at the moment is that Verstappen is in the, you know, the quicker car for for the first time in his career. Hamilton is is still in a very quick car, but perhaps not quite as quick. Um, you know, and I I think basically, and by the the over the course of a season, I feel like these sort of things balance themselves out. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure at some point we'll see Verstappen do something. You know, not necessarily bump his front wing off like Hamilton did, but perhaps he'll run wide or he'll. You know, I mean, to be fair, a... actually, he almost span. Well, this the is the thing, collapse, and... didn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. Is in like you know, is in, um, you know, is in. Look, I I wouldn't say that the race was handed to Verstappen because I think, firstly, he managed to get from third to first quite quickly, so he had to he had a lot of work to do off the start, and he he did it very well. Um, and I think the the red flag as soon as you get that red flag, it kind of wipes out any sort of momentum that you've got you know your tires cool off um which as we saw with Verstappen can almost be very costly <laughs> mm-hmm. um so I, I i would say that Verstappen well, the red flag actually everybody changed tires so those were actually fresh tires when he did that yeah 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 i guess so but still but yeah, you know it's still cold yeah still cold still cold because you're having to do the lap behind the safety car Absolutely. um but you know as in i think um I guess it, it was handed to Verstappen in the sense that he wasn't being put under pressure by Hamilton all the time. But as in in terms of the race win itself, I, I would say that it was deserved by Verstappen. Um, and even even before well, yeah, they he, got he to the back the markers... He, yeah. didn't, he didn't win that race on no. the basis that Hamilton crashed and, well, he, yeah, and, and he was the leader. Yeah, and even before Lewis had his, his spin... Uh, not spin, sorry. He, had, uh, he, he knocked his front wing off. You know the gap was fairly consistent, as in it would kind of. It was going around if anything. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just. It was kind of just starting to creep under. But you know, nothing. You know, it's not like Verstappen got ahead and then Lewis was like taking chunks out of him. It was kind of staying around the five second mark. It would go up a little bit, then it would drop a little bit. So I think Verstappen's well worthy of the win, to be honest. That's good. That's good. Um, Speaking of Hamilton, though, a bit further on, Mm -hmm. uh, he he did crash. He went as low as eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, he got lapped by some of the members of the grid uh, mm. during his um, excursions off the track. Yeah. Um, do you, he finished second by the end of the race. Um, mm. Do you think he was very fortunate? <laughs> I mean, he, he could have been... Well, being that he was eighth and lapped at one stage, mm-hmm. when the red flag obviously came out because of the Russell and Bottas crash, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about later, um, he was able to unlap himself... And mm. not just that, in a sense, start just behind everybody again. So there was no time deficit for him, in a sense. Like, no. If if uh, they hadn't had the red flag, I don't think there was a chance he's finishing in the top five. Do you think he he's been very fortunate in this situation? Well, look, I don't think there's any doubt that he's been fortunate. Is there? Is mm-hmm. in like you know, just purely this is on the sort the of luck, though. That 
Red Bull wanted to go their way, I imagine. Yeah, um, I, I mean, look, especially again, when you look at a race last week where Perez with, mm. well, he did have a safety car to get himself onto the back, but had to go mm. for everybody. Um, and have to do the extra pit stop, which was always mm. an inconvenience. But Hamilton being able to yeah. not not just get the red flag to catch everybody up, but also he didn't mm. have to go into the pits to change anything because he could have done that mm. under the red flag. There's there's a lot going for him in that scenario. I felt. Yeah, like. there was. I mean, you know, it depends on how you look at it, doesn't it? As in, I think you could also turn around and say Verstappen was very lucky to lose his car where he did because if if he had done that. You know, a couple of corners later, he's got off the grid flying past him off the because it was only because yeah. they were before the line with he is in control after the safety car goes in. You know, Leclerc Leclerc could have you know Leclerc was just sat there kind of like all right, I've got to wait for him. But as in, if that had been you know sort of five or six seconds later, well, a, on a similar different... thing happened to Perez in the race where he went wide under a safety car. Mm. Uh, two cars overtook him. And mm. the commentator was saying the rule was that if by waiting for the car to re-enter the track, you are putting yourself in uh, danger's harm or harm's way, in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, you are allowed to overtake them. And that is then your position. Mm. Um, and I, I guess in this scenario, I don't think Verstappen was off the track or no, uh, well, spun and to a degree where Leclerc had to no. stop. Well, and they were going so slowly as yeah. well, they, you know, as in they were crawling. But I guess right. what I'm saying is, is in, you know, Hamilton had a bit of luck. Verstappen also had a bit of luck. I think Hamilton had a bit more luck. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, you know, at the end of the day, as in the, this season more than any other season, really, as in getting from where Hamilton was to second was probably about as big a task as it's been for Hamilton ever, really, when you think about how, you know, we'll come yeah. on to Norris in a little bit, but the, the Norris and McLaren were absolutely flying. Um, the Ferraris the big uh, surprise of the weekend for me really is in they they were looking really really fast um you know so he still had a lot of work to do that was probably the most stellar hamilton thing i'd seen of him for quite a while in a sense like well, it, in terms yeah, of stellar moments he's yep. he's gone i'm eight and i'm going to mm-hmm. overtake everybody apart from verstappen because verstappen's going to get too big of a lead to yeah, the yeah. Well, uh, that was well, it was damage limitation drive. It was damage yeah. limitation. As soon as he hit that wall, as in you're looking at it and you were just like, it's just a case of how far Lewis can get up the grid now and, and manage the deficit. Um, I was going to say something else, but I've completely lost my trail of thought. <laughs> I'm doing what you did last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Hamilton was a little bit lucky. Yeah, he, he had a lot of work to do. You know, and it's also worth considering, like, you know, when you consider, you know, Bottas was, kind, was in ninth. And he was stuck behind... I know he didn't have the DRS, and obviously the DRS does make a big difference, but, you know, he was stuck behind Stroll for lap after lap after lap after lap and nearly got overtaken by Russell outright, which we'll come on to later. Um, nearly got overtaken Russell outright in the Williams. You know, you. I think we're seeing... I think you saw, basically, you saw the best of Lewis Hamilton on the weekend. Um and I don't know, like in as soon as he was like going, as soon as the restart happened, he was just in the zone, like mm. you were, you because you know they were staying with him for like a couple of laps, well maybe not a couple of laps, but they were staying with him for like a a lap or so, and then they switched into the car and then they jumped back, and like he was he was just nailing every single lap. Yeah, um, and so he was very much in the zone. I, I think when he got to sixth, 
when he'd just taken Danny Rick, which he actually mm. took remarkably easily uh, compared to what it took to overtake Norris. But when mm. even when he got to sixth, they said, Norris is on the softs. We think he's going to be slow towards the end of the race. Yeah, like, so that's what they were They knew for. at that stage when he was sixth with something like 15 laps to go, we're going to finish second. That's second the is the end. It was like, to be fair, the there's... There's arrogance and there's confidence. I think we just saw confidence, a killer, yeah. a killer on the track in a sense. Yeah, of course. Just yeah, absolutely. Just absolute instinct. Um, I mean, I'm, the other way you could look at it is that Bottas and Russell were the ultimate wingmen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, Bottas, you're pretty much driving for two points right now. Why don't you collide with our other Mercedes driver <laughs> and get Hamilton back up to back up to the pack? Hey, go on, um, do it for the lads. <laughs> right. I'll push him on the grass. Toto, don't worry. Got him. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. I don't know whether you were going to say something else before yeah. we uh, do. You, do you, what do you make of being able to uh, unlap yourself under safety cars and red flags? Do you think that's okay? Um, it, it is a tricky one, I think, in the sense it's like, because you want competitivity, and if they aren't letting them unlap, in a sense, you just got someone who's, um, in a sense, overtaking people, I but mean, then might even get I'll be flagged. honest with you. Well, I think the problem they've got is, um, I think under the safety car, it could cause absolute carnage, because you think the cars that have been lapped... Well, they're allowed to do that, aren't they, under the safety car? They are allowed what, to fly no? past... No, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, but what I mean yeah. is, in, if you, sorry, if you had a scenario where they didn't, they weren't allowed to unlap themselves... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. As soon as the safety car went in, the leader of the race would control the speed. speed. Yeah. yeah, and then you'd have, like, say, for example, you had Hamilton in eighth, and then the car behind him is fifth. As soon as Verstappen goes, the car that's fifth can fly off, hmm. but Hamilton has got to let that car pass because of technically his blue flag. Yeah. So I think well, maybe I think, they say no blue flags for like three laps, like they do with the DRS, and say well, from now on it's. But then, fair game. but then you could argue then you're losing the advantage of being fifth anyway, aren't you? Because if you're fifth behind Lewis Hamilton, oh, yeah. who's in eighth, you're then having to race Lewis Hamilton just to keep up to pace with fourth. Despite, yeah. the, I guess what I'm saying is it would get quite messy. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. would get very messy. Although what I would say is I'm surprised that they did. Um, I thought they were going to do a grid start when they did the race. I flag, thought that as well. I didn't think it was which that wet. Se- which seems a little bit bizarre. I don't know why they decided to do the behind the safety car, but there we are. I mean, the best um, part of a race is the start. So to have a, mm. another start, great. Um, <laughs> so, I was very disappointed I mean, that they were. The, and I guess the thing that I would say, you know, is in, I, I get what you're saying about is it fair? Like, for example, in Hamilton's scenario, is in. Like, he's, in a sense, his games yeah, have been, like... It's a gift, isn't it? Three it's an absolute minutes. gift. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a gift. But then, you know, how fair is it that, for example... You know, I don't know who was in second at that point. It was Leclerc, I think, wasn't it? Was it Leclerc? Yeah, yeah it was Leclerc. You know, yeah. if Leclerc has gone on a strategy with the mindset of, you know, oh, we're going to catch Verstappen at the end and do a really long second stint, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's a red flag and you can and Verstappen can change his tyres to go onto the softs, mm-hmm. you're kind of there, like, well, hang on. That's and undermined fair, my... They can also go on the softs as well and go, yeah, here we go. They can, again, they can. But strategy-wise... In, yeah, yeah it, you know, it depends on which side you're looking at it. It's, it's yeah. you know, some things will benefit other people, other things will benefit others, you know. I think it kind of balances out. Um, although, it, I get what you're saying, isn't it? It was fortunate for Hamilton, but is it... But I guess or even I'm... just set the cars off in intervals of when they were actually uh, on the track, in a sense. 
Yeah. He's sending off Verstappen, so 20 seconds later, send off Norris, second I later. Mean, the thing I would say with Hamilton is, is that, okay, he managed to gain back that time from being a lap down, but then he still has an awful lot of work yeah, to, yeah. to finish second. So I think yeah. he's into it either way. Um, cool, cool, cool. Move, moving on to third then, flipping Lando Norris. Did you know that is, oh, I can't remember what the numbers it is, but Lewis Hamilton was like uh, person number, say, 699, and Norris was like the 700th Brit to ever get on uh, the podium. It was, really? I can't remember what the two numbers were, but Hamilton was something 99, yeah, and yeah. Norris was the, the new number in a sense, the, the next thousand in a sense or hundred. Yeah, I mean um, which was good. He as in the first thing I'd say is that he is some he's managing to get a lot more out of his McLaren than Danny Rick is. Which has surprised me to be honest. An, an alarming amount. I mean I mean going back to qualifying it was saying earlier, he was second and he would have been second if that time stood. Obviously you don't know how much time he's gained by going mm. that little bit off the but track. Then he, but then he was still purple in the first two sectors. Amount. Exactly. So he was clearly one of the fastest one of the fastest um, around that track without mm. the fastest car. Um, yeah. So it, w- it will be interesting to see if McLaren are able to keep a hold of him. Um, but, I mean, so far, he is well, probably the third best driver on this group well, he is. so far he's, this year. He's third in the championship. I mean, oh, there we go. the thing is as well, is in, you know, is it, he was behind Ricardo at one point because obviously his time got deleted, Yeah. which meant that even though he was... You know, you could tell he was one of the fastest ones. He was below his teammate Ricardo, who was in fifth, I think. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think eventually Norris caught up to Ricardo on track. Yeah. And they and actually said, Norris, you go ahead. Well, he asked, didn't he? He <laughs> said, like, look, can I go ahead? Because I think I'm going to be quicker. And, like, let's be fair, drivers say that all the time. Yeah. All the time. But then, but within the space of three he, laps, he, he was about four he, seconds ahead, wasn't he? Well, yeah. Eventually, at one point, he like pulled a twelve-second gap, and you're like, they're in the same car. Like, I know. Fair play to the guy. He, had, he has an absolute. <laughs> he had a, a stormer of a performance. Um, I mean, the thing that I think with McLaren, and maybe this is a little bit unfair, I don't understand why after the red flag they put him on the softs. I don't understand yeah. that. Well, I. What, what uh, I think Martin Brundle, or was it Ted Kravitz on the commentary, was saying mm. was this was their opportunity to overtake Leclerc, in a sense. If mm. they didn't think they were as quick down the straight, and the straight is one of the few areas you can actually overtake on that circuit. Yeah, just go hard or go uh, home, I guess. Get on the softs, get ahead of him early, and then you haven't got to worry about him again. Mm. And to be fair, if all things are equal, he he was they worked. He finished second. But as a long-term strategy, I don't think it was going to work because... No, I mean, I don't think I mean, anybody thought soft tyres are going to really do you well for 20 no. laps. I think you had to think at that stage, mediums are going to be the long-term option. But he did finish yeah. ahead of Leclerc, he did finish ahead of Sainz, and he well, only lost out to Hamilton with about three laps to go. Yeah, and, and let's be fair, that was Hamilton just on an absolute charge. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's difficult to say, isn't it? As in, like, like you said, if he had gone on to the mediums... Okay, he may have been quicker towards the end, but as in he may not have had enough to get past Leclerc. Um, I mean, and it's it's worth noting as well, as in like, even though he was on the kind of slower tyres, I don't think at any point you looked at it and went, Leclerc's going to have him here. No, no, not at all. um, I mean, what really he should have done was let Leclerc constantly be a second behind him because Hamilton couldn't get past Leclerc as long as Leclerc had DRS from Norris by yes, being within yeah. the second because the only way Hamilton was overtaking me was because of the DRS. So mm. 
for about three or four laps, there was a stage where it was Norris, Leclerc, Hamilton, all le- catching each all other, less than a second between each. So it meant that mm. Hamilton just couldn't overtake. And it was only when Leclerc, I think, went to one point three seconds or something like that. Yeah, he over, dropped out of sorry, Norris's DRS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Hamilton had him easy, and then it was Hamilton onto Norris next. And, yeah, but to be fair, nobody gave. Well, apart from Verstappen, you could say, but you didn't actually see them go properly head-to-head, apart from the first turn. Mm. Um, but in terms of Hamilton overtaking six drivers, nobody gave him a harder time than Norris. No, Three no, Norris... laps in a row, Hamilton had the DRS on him. Yeah, on, on, straight, on and he dying... outclassed him every time. Yeah, on dying soft. Dying well, softs, yeah, against him. some nice mediums. But yeah. Uh, well, I, I think I eventually, eventually, it was it was one of those things where it was it was inevitable. I think eventually, is in like yeah. each lap, Hamilton wow. was getting a little thought... bit closer, a little bit closer, and then eventually it just kind of happened. I think. Yeah, it, what was unfortunate for Norris was, I mean, it happened with like three laps to go, so there was a real chance that he could have potentially held on. But he, yeah, he, I remember he. he um, he said there's something there's something slipping, he said to his guys. He said it's your left hand, it's flicking on one something on the car. And it meant it kind of just put him off in a sense because it was stuttering the car a touch and he was saying he's losing something or other. I don't know what in particular because yeah. I'm not a Formula One driver. But uh it was on that lap that I th- I think all of the laps prior, um, which he had held Hamilton off, I think he was going into that straight with about point seven, point eight lead. And he was able to stop him every time from overtaking with that. But on that lap yeah. where he had a little bit of an issue, I think it dropped to 0.5 or 0.6. And that was and enough Hamilton, Hamilton to get him past. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So um, very unfortunate for him. I was really yeah. gutted because I do feel like he deserved second place for the day. Well, I mean, I, I guess the thing is as well, as in like he was probably looking at it and as, uh, and as Hamilton was perhaps getting ever so closer, he was probably thinking like, if I really wanted to, I could probably hang hang the car out and just kind of hope for the best which is the <laughs> sort of thing you track <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah, yeah it's high risk isn't it and i guess that's yeah. the sort of thing you do when you're kind of two races from the end fighting for position mm. in the championship but as in for but mclaren no right point now in taking risks yeah at this stage there's get no your point. points get home exactly just get just get get points um and i get what you're saying about norris you know perhaps a little error or a little bit of you know, uh, um, not a mistake, yeah. but you know what I mean. But as in, it was just I, uh, you know, I, a hazard I feel, of the race. I feel, I feel like Hamilton was catching him anyway. I really do. As in, I feel like at some point, if if it, if it had really got to it, I think Hamilton would have tried something regardless. Mm. As yeah. in, there, there were a few times right, like Hamilton kind of pulled out, and you were like, I think if he really wanted to, Hamilton could have tried it there. But I think he was just looking at it and going, no, if I wait another lap or so, I can really ping him in a much more straightforward fashion. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what I thought. Um, well, moving on you... to... Oh, sorry, go on. Before really, because I haven't really put in the notes about Ricardo, but what do you think McLaren's verdict is on him after two races? He, he's um, not been particularly pacey, and Norris has been the superior of the two so far. Do you think... I mean, it's, I it's, mean... Worth, it's worth considering that Norris has been in the, uh, basically the same car for three years now. But I wouldn't have said Carlos Sainz was that much better than Norris when he was there. What is it about... Well, do you think it's that Norris has improved that much? Or do you think it's Danny Rick, perhaps? Or, hmm. I was going to say, did science look this good this early? Um, or rather, this bad this early on in his McLaren career? But truth be told, I can't remember 
what scenario was in when he joined um, McLaren at that stage? I mean, I, I don't think Ricardo has actually been that bad. And let's not forget, he qualified fifth, hmm. you know, behind, um, you know, the, the two Red Bulls, uh, Lewis Hamilton and who qualified fourth? Was it Gasly? Ga- no, I thought Gasly was fifth, if I'm honest. I thought Ricardo might fourth. have been sixth. Uh, probably Leclerc or someone. I don't know if you said Leclerc. Oh, it might have been Leclerc, actually. Let me have yeah. a look. But I'm pretty sure Leclerc started fourth, finished fourth. Number one. Um, sorry, I've just seen some big news about the Super League. I'm not going to go into that now, though. Um, <laughs> is it fourth? Have a look. Leclerc fourth, fourth? Hang on, hang on, sure. hang on, hang on. Right. Wait. Right. Oh, it's only got the blinking results. Uh, qualifying, here we go. Uh, yes, so, oh yeah, Danny Rick was in sixth. There we are. So yeah. it was Hamilton, Perez, Verstappen, Leclerc, Gasly, Ricardo. So, you know, not, not horrendous qualifying by uh, by Ricardo. Um, Although, he, in the race, he has finished close to, well, he's 20 seconds behind Carlos Sainz. He's closer to Pierre Gasly, who did have a pretty much yeah. a stinker. It wasn't... I didn't think it was the Daniel Ricciardo we thought was going to be coming to McLaren. He hasn't no, shown himself no. as of yet. No, it, 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 it hasn't been a... uh, it hasn't been vintage yet. But you know, as in, no. give it a bit of time. Long season. It's a long season. Yeah, as in, we're only two races in. You know, the tricky circuits, Bahrain and uh, particularly Imola, isn't it's not a yeah, and it's not fair, one that's done regularly either. When it came to qualifying. I don't know why. Mm. I'm starting to feel like I'd prefer P. Uh, sorry, Q3 to be 15 minutes long rather than 10. Mm. Especially on a circuit like that where it's very narrow because it's not really a modern day circuit. You get mm. if you have one lap time where or one lap where you've exceeded track limits, you're only going to get one more chance on mm. a circuit like that, which is just so hard technically. That's why you see guys like Bottas finishing as low. Uh, qualifying as low as they did it's like it's a i, I just prefer 15 minutes because it means everybody gets at least three stints mm. but yeah it's my it's my uh opinions on qualifying that anyway should we move on to ferrari p4 p5 we shall uh probably i'll be honest i think they they have finished better than this last season i think they had a third and a fifth last season at one stage was that turkey but, yes it was turkey um where Leclerc actually lost a podium and ended up fifth yeah. on the last right two the turns or something. It was like nuts. I don't know how long I figured that. But in terms of uh, an all-round complete weekend, that's probably their best one since the 2019 season, mm. in my opinion. I mean, they qualified well. They raced well. They didn't make any mistakes. Well, I mean, you say you very... say they qualified well. Sainz qualified 11th. Oh, good point. Well, but, yeah, because he raced but he had well. An, but he had, yeah, he had an absolute storm in the race, as in, like, he, yeah. he managed to get up to fifth, which, you know, okay, it's six positions, but as in the gaps between those positions was oh, yeah. monumental. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I think we haven't had this much competitivity between the teams in the top ten for quite some time, in terms of, th- this is this is about as good, in terms of, like, people say, oh, you know, these leagues are competitive, Mm. But in sometimes those leagues are like full of rubbish cars or mm. rubbish teams if it's in another sport. But this right now is super competitive, but also everybody's performing super mm. well. And mm. to be fair, there's no somebody has to finish eleventh. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like there's 12 good teams. Oh, sorry, not 12 good teams. Yeah. 12 good drivers uh, or in good cars. Um, so somebody had to, and unfortunately it was science. So maybe it looked bad on that side of things. But what, what was almost polar opposite to last year was every race you'd see uh, a Ferrari crash out, a Ferrari strategy where you just end up having <clears> Vettel <throat> doing 50 laps on a set of used <laughs> mediums. You're like, what is going on there? People... Well, Leclerc mounted for Vettel in Austria, taking off his rear wing. It's like this is just so un twenty twenty Ferrari in the in this in the sense of you didn't see them in the race. <laughs> they mm. just drove comfortably, drove well. Carl um, Charles Leclerc ended up finishing where he started, which was a good you know good for the race. When you consider Perez went off a few times, Bottas ends up colliding with Russell there's cars flying off the track and spinning left right and center really yeah, technical yeah. circuit to get those two guys to get to the end with nothing no drama no nothing about them yeah. yeah it's a good weekend for them it's just what they needed yeah yeah I mean like I said the uh the Carlos signs you know as in last weekend he you know he said something along the lines of um you know he was taking it a bit easy um, I feel like perhaps this weekend he was put in a position where um, he kind of had to pull something out of the bag, I guess, didn't he? Um, in order to kind of uh, get well, get a good finish, really, isn't he? Started 11th, finished 5th. Um, like you said, I think for Ferrari as a team, it was probably their most complete weekend uh, you know, since, since 2019, like you said. Um, I think you can see that Leclerc signs as a good partnership. Um, Non-confrontational at all. Yeah. And I, well, I think, you know, I don't think we're going to talk about him particularly because he had another kind of meh race, but um, uh, Vettel doesn't look like he's up to much. Um, And again, it's it's like one of those things, like, I I think I said this, I can't remember when it was now, but the longer things go on where... Vettel isn't getting results. The more and more you think, like it wasn't. Um, the car. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't was. The car. It was the car, but uh, the, it was Ferrari that killed him in a way. Yeah, but uh, uh, it's it was Ferrari's fault. But at the same time, it's Vettel's responsibility to sort it out, and he just hasn't got it anymore. I don't think he just mm. looks so far. He doesn't have the answers. Before he had, mm. a, he, you know, you see these more experienced drivers and you go yeah they've got something in them they, they can pull this out but the the new breed of drivers coming through just have so much flavor to them in a sense where they went into i mean you look at yuki sonoda the attitude of the guy coming into the into the sport and it's just great to see these guys got so much more about them more ego and it, yeah. it's it's meaning that these more experienced guys can't get away with just being cool and calm on the track they're getting yeah. left behind uh, to the more, more exciting new drivers. Mm. Mm. I mean, in terms of where the teams seem to be at the moment, I think you'd probably have Red Bull top, mm-hmm. um, followed very very closely by Merck. Mm-hmm. Um, who who would you have next then? That is an insanely tough question because <laughs> I would say the McLaren car is better. But, but the in pure terms of the drivers. Consi- yeah, the pure consistency that we've seen from the Ferrari drivers at this stage lend oh it's it it really is a tricky one that. It depends mm. if Norris can continue this form. 
Mm. Because if Norris can continue this form, I think McLaren will finish third because I think at some point Ricardo will mm. work it out. But the fact that Sainz has gotten off to the start he has at Ferrari and Leclerc is consistently... I mean, is that two-fourths in a row for him? Uh, or at the very least, he's a fifth and a fourth no. or something like yeah. that. But Leclerc's driving well, um, makes no mistakes, and it's just like, well, on that you'd assume that it's probably going to be Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, I think it is worth mentioning that, you know, Imola would be a track that suits Ferrari more than McLaren. Um Yeah, well, I mean, I think as soon as you get a straighter circuit, you're going to have the Merck power unit really kind of coming into its own against the Ferrari. Because I, I don't, the Ferrari's not as much of a, in terms of power unit, it's not as much of a pushover as it was last year. But I still don't think it's, quite as as powerful as as the Merck engine um and you know i think when when danny danny ricardo kind of gets into the zone i i would still of those four drivers i'd still have him as the best driver personally um so i think we'll have to wait and see what happens on that one but right now he's looking a lot closer than you know is in, in my head at the start of the season you probably had um Merck and Red Bull kind of on their own. Then you had McLaren kind of in a bit of a limbo, kind of not close to the top two, but far away from the rest. And then the rest of them just kind of fairly close together. Yeah. Sorry, can you say it again? <laughs> yeah, so I said, um, you know, as in I think at the start of the season, you had kind of Red Bull and Ferrari on their own. Um, then you had maybe McLaren kind of far off those two. And then you had kind of uh, the the rest kind of lingering behind. Whereas in actual fact, Ferrari and the rest of the pack actually seem to be a lot closer to McLaren than I would have anticipated. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You would have assumed because of how good the McLaren car was in the past, putting a better engine in was only going to lead to them being quite far and away better than the rest of the pack because of how tight it was. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, to be fair, though, we have said this about Ferrari in the past, where they do have all the components uh, of a good car. They just didn't have mm. the engine. Yeah. So now that they have the engine, it's, uh, in a sense, you can see why they've kept up. I mean, I guess we are surprised that Alpha Tari is sort of showing pace. They haven't had the, uh, the results yeah, as yeah. of yet. Um, but, yeah, they're showing the pace. So maybe that's mm. the Honda power unit showing its colours. Um, Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, it is a lot tighter than we thought it was going to be. It is indeed. Should we move on to the incident? Let's do that, let's do that. Um, you know, I think... Uh, right, before we even start, whose fault is it? In my opinion, it was Russell's fault. Not Russell's, Ooh. Bottas's fault. Oh. Bottas's fault. <laughs> Sorry, Jack, you, you, had, you had two names and you chose the wrong one. There's <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> a lot to think about in that scenario. Yeah. Um, personally, I I think it's... Oh, I would say 60-40 Bottas' fault. Oh, interesting. See, I thought you were going to side with Bottas. No. Be- because in large... Initially, what... initially I did. Initially, I was going to Russell's fault. Okay, why is that? Because when I saw it initially, 
I, you know, as in when you watch the replays, and ultimately the driver who loses it and therefore not causes the crash but causes the initial bit of the carnage was Russell because he, he, you know, he'd obviously gone onto the grass because you can hear the um, the revs spike, which means that the the wheels are spinning, which means that you've lost grip effectively. So Russell must have gone onto the grass, even if it was just a little bit. However, um. I would say that um, when you watch the replay, and I guess you could take into context, like, I think it's easy with Formula 1, because they're all driving so quickly all of the time, you feel like they're not actually going that fast. But, like, when they're going down the straight, you're, you're kind of hitting 180, 190 miles an hour. And all it takes is, like, something to just put you off a little bit, and you're kind of darting around. Um, and I think Bottas... And this is where I'm kind of torn. I don't know whether you, what your thoughts are on this, but like, I don't think Bottas did anything inherently wrong. Um, but he kind of did drift, and I think when he drifted, then that kind of spooked Russ a little bit. When you go into those speeds, he kind of jolted a little bit to the right, and then he just dropped to the end of the car on the grass. So, uh, I don't know. It's a tough one to call. To be honest, well, from what I've read so far of what the two of them think, by the sounds of it, Bottas's argument is, I'm driving on the dry patch of the track. That is where the dry track went. I'm going to obviously stick with the dry track. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you see someone like Hamilton overtook six or seven people on, uh, in that exact same section yeah. of, uh, yeah, of the yeah. circuit. Multiple overtakes were made, and I think... The key thing was, in all of those previous ones which didn't have crashes, was people respected the other driver and said, you either pick left, you pick right. Norris mm. was quite savvy. He, he put it in the of, middle. He put it in the middle and then maybe favoured the left more because he mm -hmm. knew that if you're on Cut the... the inside. Yeah, if you've got the inside, you can push the other one off in a sense. Mm. Um, so maybe Norris was the only person who took a different approach. But, I mean, all Bottas showed was he could see there was a car overtaking him and he's gone, well, I could stick to a left or a right, or I could swerve from the left to the right in a twitchy manner um, mm. to make sure that I can cover all of it. And he went, well, that's not really how it works. <laughs> it's like you've got no. to leave, especially for a car that's going that much quicker than you. You've got to leave mm. a touch of space. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tricky... And this is what I can't seem to... I can't seem to decide, like... Is it is it a case that perhaps Russell was a bit naive to try and think that he was just going to be able to breeze past equally when you've got the DRS and you're kind of catching at a rate of knots? Russell's only real alternative is to slam on the brakes, and that's not really the Formula One driver thing to do, is it? No. Um, well, and the thing is, you shouldn't, as a driver, if there's no other cars around you bar one, there shouldn't be a scenario where if you're on a straight, you have to slam on your brakes. Like, no. the only times you see that happen is, say, Baku, where you see Ricardo go into the back of Verstappen because Verstappen swerved one and then swerved back the other. Mm. That is why that... It's only driver error that should make you break. And he had... Well, he should have braked, in a sense, because if he, you know, if he did, he wouldn't get crashed. But he only should have had to break because Bottas was being a bit of a lunatic. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I personally thought definitely it was Bottas's fault. I mean, I've seen some of the things that Russell said and they're pretty damning. <laughs> he has since sort of 
we've drawn all of these statements saying it was sort of mm. his fault, but I I think that's more Toto Wolf saying, hey, you want to drive for us, you're going to have to take the, the hit on mm. this one. But he said uh, it was an inevitable, so it was inevitable an incident like this would occur when drivers make small moves like this, suggesting about mm. Bottas's twitch, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the smallest of moves, but when you're at 220 miles per hour and going 30 miles per hour faster than the car ahead, it's massive. Mm. And, you know, can you really blame Russell for saying that? I mean, no. he, I mean, his post-race comments were probably even more damning. He said, I was coming up to Valtteri massively fast. I had the slipstream. I had the DRS. Uh, and just as I pulled out, he jolted very, very slightly to the right, which was a tactical defense that drivers in the past used to do, maybe suggesting someone like Senna. He was always yeah. quite erratic with the steering wheel yeah. to keep ahead. But, you know, that's not really the kosher thing anymore. No. Um, he said, in his eyes, he's not really fighting for anything. That's Bottas now. Um, a P9 for him is nothing. But for us, it's everything. And going for the move, the move would have been absolutely easy. And there's absolutely no reason to jolt like that. So he clearly thinks Bottas is getting a little bit embarrassed by the fact mm. that Russell's going to overtake him here. And he's gone. Yeah, I'm going to do something a little bit erratic because worst case scenario, Russell ends up um, behind and I cr- or he crashes into him. Uh, but you know what I mean? He, he knew at that stage anyway, he's just lost I out mean, to a Williams. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the second part of that statement from George Russell, I think is redundant. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, a P9 for him is nothing. like. It's like, look, the, the point to point, right? Mm-hmm. So... I don't think you've bought us at no point is thinking, oh, well, it's only ninth, I'll let Russell pass. That, that's not how Formula 1 drivers work. No, see, I think it's the other way round. I think more so he thinks a ninth is nothing for Bottas in the sense that it's much worse if Russell overtakes him. So that's why he's done this erratic move to cause some sort of incident. Well, either maybe. to get Russell out or to keep him in the race and or both of them I mean, out. And just so I guess- he can't be embarrassed by him and yeah and i mean this guy i guess this kind of takes us on to our next point doesn't it as in and we we kind of alluded to it earlier but you know you've got russell who's in one of the slower cars at, or the you know it's in they're probably the second slowest team behind uh sorry ahead of Haas. yeah uh only maybe but to be le- fair they, I think they both with... out they both out qualified um the maybe ahead of the, yeah I was about to say, well. maybe ahead of the alfa romeos as well mm. um you know as in a car that's definitely towards the back of the grid you've got Bottas, who is in probably the second fastest car, and only only just second fastest, I would say. And they're racing for position. Now, where does that leave Bottas? Yeah, in a very embarrassing it's just a bit, situation. Bit precarious, isn't it? Especially when you think that Hamilton went down to eighth, recovered to second. Mm. Bottas started in eighth, went backwards, and crashed out. Didn't gain. It's yeah, like I mean, you it's, guys have got identical cars. It's, it's, How is one guy finishing second and the other one I mean, crashing out to a Williams? Yeah, I mean it's worth noting that Hamilton did have the DRS, whereas Bottas didn't because obviously the wet conditions. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Of course, yeah. So well, was I don't, it that? I, I don't. I'm pretty sure. That stage? I'm pretty yeah. sure that for a lot of the time that Bottas was in that position, they didn't have DRS. Oh. Um, but then equally. You know, even without the DRS, like Hamilton was catching drivers because he was having to catch drivers to get within DRS. Do you get yeah, I mean? yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, there was there were stages where there was about six seconds to make up, and he was still making those up. Exactly. Wasn't he? So for me, I think it's a, it's a bit of success breed success in that scenario. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, is it a case of? And I, I can't remember I said this too, but is there a? Are we in the situation now where perhaps Bottas gets found out by not being in the best car? 
and you know all of a sudden you know like over the past couple of weeks you've said oh you know bot what you know perhaps Mercedes should consider replacing Bottas and I've turned around and said well at the end of the day the majority of the time last season it was Hamilton followed by Bottas yeah well ultimately if Bottas is going to be qualifying ninth in the second fastest car that's not good enough mm. I mean it's at really the end of the day Mercedes as a constructor is only a single point ahead of Red Bull at this stage yeah. and Perez hasn't finished inside yeah. the top four he's yeah. finished fifth and he's finished twelfth it's like well you, you've been let off a little bit by the fact that Perez has had well mm. first race wasn't really his uh, fault first race was unlucky second race second race yeah he skidded off a few times if you know and to be fair, he finished both of them. If he finishes mm. just in the points at all, your level. So it's mm. like, I think Mercedes, I, I'm, I'm sure Mercedes were more than aware that they definitely had uh, more comp- competition this year and definitely were going to have a race on their hands to win it all. Mm. But to the degree that it is, I think you're definitely looking at it as Russell in a car, which is probably a second slower, is beating Bottas. Sure, surely there's got to be crisis talks at this stage to say, Bottas is not cutting the mustard by any stretch. I mean, he, they were saying on that drive to survive. Bottas was like, "Oh, I've got to, got to drive myself. I want a world, a world championship." There is not a chance that Bottas is going to win a world championship. I don't think in his career. When you look at the performances he's been putting in, it's like there is a gulf between him and probably about six of the other drivers. You know, he's he's a long, long way off being the best driver unless yeah, yeah. he. Unless he's in that Mercedes, Hamilton isn't in the Mercedes, and you know, someone partnering him is say someone like Giovinazzi, for instance, or a rookie driver. I don't think there's a chance that you're going to see Bottas winning a world championship anytime soon. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's my thoughts on Bottas. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that at all. Mm. Um, right, should we move on to next topic of discussion? Let's do that. So you put um, some of the changes, you know, last week in the preview, um, we discussed how the DRS section had changed slightly um, and the kind of like big speed bump style things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you think those changes to, worked? I mean, the DRS thing, I don't really, maybe a little bit. Well, there's um, a lot more overtakes. I, I, yeah. Like in a sense, if that, like every overtake that was being made was by the skin of its teeth almost quite a lot maybe apart from Hamilton who was thrashing people through there Mm. but for everybody else it was always right on the limit you're going into that turn pretty much neck and neck and it's driver skill and I think I think personally the DRS worked I I think that just extra couple of hundred and fifty meters of um, DRS zone uh, allowed for more overtakes I think I think it was a good improvement yeah I I mean yeah, I, I, I guess the thing I always have with DRS is that there's a little part of me that is as, as beneficial as it is for overtaking. It, it is artificial, and I'm not sure how much I like that. But, and I guess we'll kind of allude to this later in terms of Imola as a track, like there's a part of me that thinks there aren't really that many overtaking opportunities at Imola, so I guess it is kind of necessary. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, don't want like, people just to be given overtakes for the sake of overtakes, no, but at the same no. time on a circuit the, like Imola, you yes, can kind if, of if the alternatives is no overtake sorry, if the alternative is no overtakes at all, then that's not exactly the ideal and scenario to be either. Fair, it wasn't just you know, you have DRS you overtake. You still had to be within say point six, point seven of the yeah, driver yeah, yeah. It wasn't just inside a second, you got it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was you still s- a tough overtake. Yeah, you still had to be well within a second, didn't you, to mm-hmm. kind of make the make the uh, overtake stick. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the the, the speed bump things, I, I wish I knew exactly what they were called. Um, <laughs> but you know what you know what we're talking about. Um, the big and yellow yellow brick road. um i think they worked and i think the the clarity the clarity of the rules was just so much better yeah like how people generally getting penalties and it was like you you hear them on the on the uh audio saying you know if you get another one you're going to get a penalty and then you see someone get one you're like well it's good to see it enforced and carried out yeah definitely um but yeah, yeah also going back to the yellow brick roads um they they definitely worked because even if it was like 50 50 and you go oh he's not really on the track there it's mm. like yeah he's not really on the track this time but he's going airborne <laughs> losing parts of his car i think people quickly learn how to drive the circuit that way <laughs> it's a brutal way to learn but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a way to learn yeah um, um go on well, I put it as next question, but do you, do you want to see Emla on the calendar next year? My thoughts would be this: if the regulations, car regulations, that is, would say in the same, I'd say no. But given that the cars are likely going to be a lot smaller next year, oh, I are think, they? I didn't know that was part of the regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you look, at, if you look at the difference in the size of the cars, it's pretty dramatic. Um, I would say potentially. Uh, depending on if it was replacing another track, like Canada, for example. If Canada was going, then I wouldn't be too disappointed because it's a bit of a boring circuit. Um, yeah, well, it doesn't look like it's even going to go ahead at this stage, does it? No, no. There's problems with finances and stuff, aren't there? But I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in in, in yeah. upcoming weeks. But as in, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit... I don't know. I don't know, purely because I think, like, going, like, going back to what I said about the DRS, and I feel like... When you think about all of the overtakes that happened in the race, can you remember an overtake that didn't happen on that straight? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was, I don't think, well, there probably was a few, but very hard to pick them out. Yeah, and and if there were, it would have been from drivers like running wide and then somebody just nipping up the inside rather than like wheel-to-wheel racing. The only wheel-to-wheel, like the proper wheel-to-wheel racing we got was Hamilton and Verstappen at the start. And as soon as they went wheel-to-wheel, they were too wide for the track and Hamilton had to go over the yellow brick road. So, yeah, that's true. Um, that was the only time we saw it. That's a good point. Yeah, there we go. I saw it on the first lap I did. That was where I saw some overtaken. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I didn't see any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of driver of the weekend then, who would, who would you say is your driver of the weekend? Um, definitely Lando Norris. I think okay. he was just the most complete driver of the weekend. He definitely was, in terms of individual drivers, he was the quickest driver of the weekend, first and foremost. Mm. I think you give him the best car, he's winning that. If, if everyone has the same car, he's winning that this weekend. Um, mm. And he, he had a stellar qualifying. He was very unlucky. Uh, and in the race, he, he showed it, the fact that he was the only person who could go head-to-head with Hamilton mm. um, yeah. for multiple laps. Mm. He was the only person who could do it, and I think he showed that he was definitely right up there. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I I was going to say Carlos Sainz, but he did have a pretty dreadful qualifying, to be honest. As in, to not even finish in the top 10 is a little bit... It's not ideal, really. Um 
so I'd probably, to be honest, I, I know this is not really how we do things on this podcast, but I, I would probably agree with you on Landon Norris. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- yeah, I think it, it was, was such a good performance. Yes, it, it was. It was a complete performance, really, from Landon Norris. Um, which, as much as I like Landon Norris, it hurts me to say because I'm I'm also a big Danny Rick fan. But uh, I think I think you can be a Landon Norris and a Danny Rick fan. I wouldn't I know. hold that against you. Oh, but thanks, I know what you mean. I'm glad, I'm glad you wouldn't ones. hold it against me. Yeah. So we, we, we can do this podcast again next week, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. On this, on this issue... You'll let me I, off. Yeah, I will let you, I will let you have that one. <laughs> You'll let it slide. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of uh, disappointment of the weekend, then? Do you want to go first on this one? Does it have to be a team? Or it can, it just it can be... be an individual. I put a team. Oh, Bottas, then. Boss, Straight up, boss ass. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. If you're in a Mercedes, to not even be able to overtake like Lance Stroll, but to be like, overtaken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, to, yeah, to be overtaken. Like, I think what you saw on the weekend was about as big a gulf as we've seen between Hamilton. And this is why, when people always used to say to me, "Oh, well, Hamilton only wins because he's in the fastest car." It's like this is showing that when they're not in the fastest car. The gulf between the two is like between Bottas and Hamilton is night and day. They're just not. They're not on I the mean, same level. At, at the same time, I would say that Hamilton's gone from eighth to second because of the car. He has. He would obviously have gained some positions by himself, but by and large, I do think the car was the main component to that. I would say it, it was a component. I, I wouldn't say it was the main component because again, if it was the main component. Why is Bottas yeah. being well, nearly overtaken by a Williams? Because Bottas isn't a top 16 driver. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. For me, the biggest disappointment of the weekend was Bottas. Okay. My biggest disappointment of the weekend was the Alpha Tauri team. This was... I mean, Ferrari's home Grand Prix is Monza, so I don't think um, Alpha Tauri can claim that, despite being an Italian team. But they... Mm-hmm. They, this is their home circuit because their factory is 10 miles down the road for Emila. Mm. Um, so going into this, you thought, you know, they've got something to prove here. But they just, they were rubbish. <laughs> Sonoda, he's he's had a load of practice laps at this place in pre-season because obviously the new drivers are allowed to, um, or the, the new drivers, the new teams in a sense, are allowed mm. to uh, have a couple of practice laps in an old version of their car. And they they did that. Uh, he, he, you know, you saw it on the on the Formula One channel. You see some of these laps uh, that he was doing. You know, looked good and all that. Um, but he crashed out in qualifying. He, I think, he skidded off at one point in the race as well. Ended up finishing, you know, not not in the points at the very least. Um, and then Pierre Gasly. To be fair, I don't think this one's so much on Gasly because I don't think Gasly had a bad performance. He qualified fifth, very well mm. done. Uh, especially when your teammate's not even qualifying at all. Um, mm. And he, well, everybody was on the intermediates. I, I mean, I don't know how much information teams are given um, about the other teams in terms of what tyre strategies they're going for. So perhaps there's a little mm. bit of uh, obscurity as to what teams are doing. But surely looking at that circuit, it's not, it just wasn't worth going to start on the wet tyres. No, the and only tie well apart from the Alf no Alpine and Haas, two teams mm. that were already at the back, so they had to take a gamble. Apart from them, nobody else started on the wet. Yeah, and and it's like, uh, why are you picking for a fifth place yeah, driver? The, the thing, the thing was as well, like, so 
you can understand why they wanted to gamble because I think AlphaTauri were probably hoping they would have been a little bit further ahead than they they actually were. Yeah. Um, but like within a lap, Ocon was in. He was like going straight onto the intermediates. They left Gasly out for so. Like I said, I think they, they said just at kept one point, praying on the rain, weren't they? At, at one point, they said like Gasly was like costing drivers like eight seconds a lap. Yeah, because like, they were all getting held up behind in the yeah, loads and like. And obviously I, I, you can't I, overtake very easily. And like I can understand they were like they were kind of hoping, you know, that they could eke it out long enough that you know they could pit and then do like a one stop. But yeah. I was like, you you just flogging a dead horse here. Just get him yeah. in, get him on the intermediates. You well, know, the thing oh. is, what was fortunate for Ockham was that he did it so early, and I think there was a little bit of, I think there was a safety car pretty early on. Yeah, yeah, it benefited um, because then. of Latifi. So, so many so caught gap, up. Yeah, and that is exactly why you instantly switch up when you know something's gone wrong. I mean, we, we drive on the Formula One game together on occasion, and quite often we've said you've got a dash. Well, 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 hang on, hang on. Let, let, let's just clarify this. When you say together, we're on the same race, on the same track. Yeah. You're normally about a minute and a half down the road compared to me. Up ahead, you mean, yeah? Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> down the road behind is not the case. I am winning these things. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, you, you, if you've got damaged wing, we always just suggest get in the pits because it's just not worth trying to cling on for dear life because you no. end up doing yourself more harm down the road, especially when situations change. You can catch up and then it's a new mm. race all of a sudden. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they just kept him out there for ages. It just... Yeah. And especially, I mean, we spoke earlier about um, McLaren and Ferrari. I can't remember in what context to do with um, mitigating the risks per se. I think it was mm. more so because uh, it was Norris it was and we were talking about he could have sort of hung the car out there and tried to push Hamilton a little bit wide but then you run the risk of not finishing entirely and yeah. so so you don't do that you say we'll, we'll take our third place and we'll go home thank you very much but yeah. in the case of AlphaTauri you start fifth every other driver in the top 10 bar rock on is on intermediates and you've chosen wet it's like just go with the status quo yeah and let your driver prove himself on the track if you think yeah. you can beat them if you genuinely think they're you know living on a prey at the moment and that's the only reason they're up there sure maybe do that but from the evidence that we've seen from the first two races gasly twice now has been royally done over either because his front wing fell off in the first one which is very unfortunate or by strategy it's like just do what everyone else does and you're going to come away with something. They they are now, I think, Ga- for Gasly, well, they have picked up points. I think Gasly actually ended up finishing in the top 10. I think he ended up getting eighth after Raikkonen's um, yeah, yeah. penalty, later penalty. Um, mm. So, obviously, in the context of that, they've been fortunate that they've got anything. But, I mean, this is a team which really has a, a strong chance of finishing fourth, maybe, not fourth, sorry, fifth this year, which is, you know, about two positions higher than they probably would have anticipated going into the season um mm. and at, at this current present in mind if they if they don't sort out strategy they're not gonna and no. they can't be taking gambles like this every week no got it gotta sort it out gotta sort it out agreed um finally then should we move on to uh Sergio perez yeah let's do that to finish off he, yeah because, I mean, we have spoken about Bottas and how he's been a gulf behind uh, Hamilton. Um, mm. But then you think of Perez. He qualified second. Mm-hmm. First time, I think, somebody's qualified ahead of Verstappen. That is in the Red Bull. Um, mm. Since 2018, I think. It's Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, oh, since the Daniel. Wow. That, yeah. That's two drivers ago. Yeah. Um, 
Well, so, yeah. To be to be fair, though, it's two drivers, but like one and a half seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it was an interesting race for him. He had a he didn't have the best of starts. Him and Verstappen sort of went either side of Hamilton, and mm-hmm. I think when it came to that corner, Verstappen definitely Nailed got the better it. better yeah. of it. And then yeah, I think yeah, yeah. when you see Hamilton's already occupying the yellow brick road. Um, <laughs> Perez has nowhere to go, so he has to break. No, and I think he, he lost out, his position yeah. to Leclerc at that stage. Um, he he span, no, not span. He went off twice, mm. once yeah. under the safety car, once during the actual race. Mm-hmm. Um, got a ten-second penalty because he retook those positions, which he shouldn't have when he mm-hmm. went off under the safety car. Um, yeah. and he still end. Well, he finished twelfth in the end. Um, so it, <laughs> it such a bizarre, so much promise. In a driver to to just have all of that go wrong. I mean, I feel like he was unfortunate on the ten second thing because I think you could be forgiven for overtaking those guys again and then just sort of in a way thinking, oh, you know, I'm meant to go back ahead, aren't I? And then not, yeah. and it's like, oh, you couldn't correct it quick enough. Although I um, feel like Perez has been in Formula One long enough yeah, to know yeah. that. To, um, but to be I honest, mean, under that circumstance, I thought, oh yeah, he's allowed to overtake him again as long as it's before the thing, but. Must be a rule. I, I think they did say if you go past the there's a there's a um, safety car line, and I think once mm-hmm. you go past there, your position is locked, regardless if you spin off in a sense. You can regain if you mm. can uh, up to that point. Uh, but but yeah, he, he was nowhere near that stage I at mean, that point. I, th- I think the thing for to consider with Perez as well is in I think as good a performance as it was in qualifying, I think that flattered him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just because... I, I do feel that like that circuit was... Especially when you're going to get two laps or two runs at it on that final mm. qualifying. That was why I was saying it should be a bit longer. Because you just find... Mm. If somebody doesn't you know goes off the track, it's invalidated. You only have one more chance. And yeah, yeah. if you nail it once by pure fluke, you know, just by clawing on for dear life all the way around, uh, you can end up quite high up. And, yeah, perhaps that is why he was up there. Because he, he definitely wasn't looking particularly sharp over the weekend, I wouldn't have said. Mm. I mean, it, but, but I guess it, it it flatters because if you think about it, you know, it was in Hamilton on his fastest, sorry, on his second attempt at a fast lap, was slower than his first attempt, and Verstappen botched his fastest lap, which left him in third. Mm. So, I think realistically, and you've also got to consider that Norris potentially went fast enough, maybe not to go second, but as in to get himself in the top four. But his so time think, was quicker than Perez's. But yeah, obviously. Yes. If he stays yeah. on the track, back, I, I guess what I mean is, is in like you're talking a couple of inches. Yeah. You know, how much time does a couple of inches gain you? Okay, it does gain you some time, but probably not enough to warrant dropping from second to seventh. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think that is worth considering. But yeah, yeah, it's Perez had. It's it's bizarre. Perez almost it's almost like he only seems to turn up when he's at the back of the grid. Yeah. He, to be honest, though, he's only had he's only had two races with Red Bull. Though, he has you know, plenty of time. His qualities have usually come in the race. Yes, and it showed that last week. And qualifying, he wasn't particularly good last week. Mm. This week, it was the flip. He was <laughs> better in the qualifying and did not. Have so what he needs to do now is turn up for qualifying and the race, <laughs> or don't do either, and then the next week come back. You know what I mean? <laughs> if it's maybe double down on the badness one week, so you can you know win something the next. I'm gonna have a sure stinker this week. That. I'm going to have a stinker you... this week, lads, and I'm going to get a grand slam next yeah. week. Like, do you want two fifth places in a row, P1. or do you want 
a 12th and then a 1st, eh? P1. So we want a 12th and a 1st. <laughs> P1 in quali, fastest lap, P1 in the race. That's what's yeah. happening next week after my stinker. Um, mm. There we are. I, we haven't got anything else to talk about, so I think uh, we'll probably wrap the podcast up there, shall we? Let's do that. Let's do that. Thank you very much for listening. Um, as I said, we will be... Um, I've lost my trail of thought. We'll be back later this week to talk about the European Super League. As we've been recording this podcast, oh, things I, have literally, been I was absolute... like, Ooh! <laughs> yeah, I, I mess... <laughs> the, 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 things have been absolutely kicking off. We won't say anything because we'll save it all for. Um, I think Thursday is the day we're recording, Thursday. isn't it? So, yes. so we'll save it all for Thursday, and we'll have a good old chinwag about that then. Um, so, if you've been listening on YouTube, thanks for listening. Why not um, subscribe so you can get updated with all of the. Uh, sporting talk um also we are on spotify so if you've been listening on spotify why not give us a follow um we're also on breaker apple Podcasts, google podcasts anchor uh have i forgotten any pocket casts don't know if you said po- that i may have said pocket casts oh, okay, but, fair, fair. but yeah we're on all of those um pleasure as always jack and we shall speak to you next time